Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM. Channel 80, we are presented by Progressive Insurance at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joseph, I have to tell you, you know, when we watch uh, Philadelphia sports these days, aside from the Phillies, we watch Jalen Hurts, and we get a golden opportunity to see Jalen Hurts against Tua Tonga-Vailoa this coming weekend. I honestly think this so far, and I know we had Cowboys 49ers, this is a game of the year so far coming this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Between okay. between the Eagles and the Cowboys, absolutely believe that right now. And uh, with that being the case, you get Tua against Jalen Hurts. And it wasn't all that long ago that they were competing on the same team. Now, remember, it was Tua that replaced Jalen Hurts in the college football playoff in the second half, led Alabama to come back. And remember, the next year... It was Hertz replacing Tua before Hertz went and transferred out to Oklahoma. So these two have quite the history together, have always spoken very well of each other. Uh, I am really, really excited for this matchup on Sunday night. And I think this is the week where you will see Jalen Hertz wake up. So this is take two for the Miami Dolphins. There's a lot of ways to slice this game. Will Philadelphia bounce back? Is Philadelphia still struggling? There's a, there's a lot of ways we can slice this. I think the number one thing here is take two for Miami. We've seen them lose one game this year. It was the only big game they played. It was at Buffalo. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in going to Buffalo and losing that game. They lose by double digits, but they ran into a very focused, very talented Bills team, and they got beat. Okay, that's going to happen throughout the course of the season. So then a few weeks pass, and they play teams like Carolina and the Giants and what have you, and you know they roll up big, gaudy numbers, and it's impressive, no doubt. But again, when we're trying to figure out just how good you are, those aren't exactly measuring stick games. Enter a road trip to Philadelphia. This is a measuring stick game. And you're getting the Eagles coming off a loss against the New York Jets. So you know you're going to get a focused effort there. So for the Miami Dolphins, this is take two. You want to be taken seriously as a Super Bowl contender? You got to win this game. Because if you don't win this game, now we're going to be talking about, well, Miami puts up really gaudy numbers. They're really impressive. They're a lot of fun. We're going to use the F word. They're a lot of fun. But when they step up in class, Buffalo and Philly, they end up getting beat. On the other side for Philadelphia... You got a real test here from a take-two perspective as well when it comes to the defense. The last time we saw this defense up against the marquee explosive offense, they were getting run out of the building in the Super Bowl in Arizona. Second half against the Chiefs, they couldn't buy a stop. Four Kansas City possessions, four scores. Three touchdowns, one field goal. The only reason it wasn't four touchdowns was because the Chiefs bled out the clock at the end and kicked that field goal and left the Eagles with nothing they would have ended up scoring a touchdown there as well. So we're going to see just how far this defense has come from a Philadelphia perspective because it's their first big test since Kansas City in the Super Bowl. From a Miami perspective, 
Take two. Let's see how you fare when you step up in class. I'm really wondering about how this is all going to look. And what's the big knock here on Tua? The big knock on Tua. It's health. And it's, is Tua a system guy? Oh, two knocks. Okay, we got two knocks now. Well, I mean, on the play itself. Obviously, health is number one. Okay? But on the play itself, there are skeptics, and I was one of them. I am no longer one of them. That looked at it and said, well, if you give me Ty- uh, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and everybody that they've got on that offense, Raheem Mostert, the way he's lighting it up, well, I-, I would think a lot of quarterbacks could do well in that spot. Mike McDaniel was asked about this earlier at his press conference. Uh, Handman, this is all you, and asked about the idea that anybody can play quarterback for the Dolphins. There are some folks who believe that many quarterbacks <laughs> in this scheme with you as the coach, with Tyreek and Jalen. Maybe even many, many quarterbacks would excel, would flourish, would be near the top of the passer, Raider leading, MVP candidate. What, if any, pushback is there relative to, wait, no, no, hold on. Tua is a little bit to push this podium over. Um, <laughs> my, my answer to that would, would be who the F cares because it's, there's, it is a team we're working together, and I know one thing. Um, I've coached stuff a long time. I haven't seen people do what our guys do in a lot of experiences. Listen, um, I think it's all fair, and I think it's fair for McDaniel to talk like that. And I think with Tua, you know, I, I look at this, Joe, like we give Jalen Hurts credit. Jalen Hurts went out between – 21 and 22 season worked hard on his accuracy and it really made a huge de- uh, huge difference last year i think we have seen Tua done exactly the same thing and just because of the health but also because of everybody around him he does not get the credit for making the necessary improvements in his game now most of what we do as a society is look to knock people down rather than build them up Right. Like we we came off. Kansas City has won every single game since week one. Yet when they won on Thursday night last week, we came on the next day. Oh, what's wrong with their offense? Who cares? They're five and one. Philadelphia is five and one. The Niners are five and one. Like we're looking to nitpick these little things here and there with Tua. Well, he's a system guy. Well, you know, health is a concern. How about what we're what we're seeing this year? What we're seeing this year is relatively historic. He looks fantastic and he's healthy. Can't we just live with that? I have done such a 180 on McDaniel. I didn't think that was going to work in yeah. in Miami when they signed him. I, I listened to a couple of your introductory press conferences. I'm like, I don't know about this. I was dead wrong. I've got no problem admitting that. There's there's no two ways about it. Dead wrong. And so much so that I've come all the way around. I'm a huge fan of his. I agree. I love the way he coaches the team. I love the way he addresses the media. I just love his overall demeanor. The guy's focused. And you hear that in all of his answers. It's almost stoic in the fact that the things that are outside of his control, he's not going to worry about that stuff. Like, here we are in a situation, well, you know, what would you say about a system quarterback? What if we plugged other guys in? Why would I even entertain that when that's not realistic? I've got what I've got, and I've got to work on that. This is a team we're trying to win games. When people asked him, you know, hey, after five weeks, you're the most prolific offense in NFL history. Well, yeah, that was the goal. We want it to be statistically great after five weeks. That's what we said all summer. <laughs> like, it's funny, but when you listen to the message and you really cut through the humor and the sarcasm and all the, the other stuff, it's a guy who's focused. Go to Denver with Sean Payton. 
Comments about Nathaniel Hackett. Comments about his own quarterback with the wristband. They're very messy right now. They don't seem focused. Go to the beginning of this show today when we talked about Micah Parsons' comments in Dallas. Well, how come Philadelphia isn't getting judged for their loss like we would? How come the Niners aren't getting judged? Focusing on all the wrong things. Payton doesn't need to worry about Hackett. He needs to worry about his own business. Parsons doesn't need to worry about the criticism of the Eagles. Focus on your own defense. Stay on task. This isn't to say that you shouldn't speak out. It's just to say that if you're going to compete at the highest level, you got to cut through the white noise. You got to cut through the BS. You got to have focus. You got to have drive. You got to have a goal. Miami has that right now. And McDaniels is the reason for that. This is a historical franchise. This is a franchise, by the way, Carlin. Miami's been a joke for the better part of everything post Marino, have they not? Yeah. They're legit now. They haven't had a sniff. I mean, they lost a playoff game where they gave up 62 points with Jimmy Johnson as their head coach, for Pete's sake. Forgot about that. I mean, that's just one example of the many years where they have just not been relevant at all. What I do wonder about this game, because everybody says... You, you can't stop the Dolphins, right? We talk about the historic uh, numbers that they are putting up and the uh, just the genius of McDaniel, and all of it is 100% true. If this team can't stop him, or at least contain it a little bit, I don't know that anybody can. This is where I think it becomes true. Maybe you'd say the same thing about the 49ers, but the ball's getting out quick against an extremely physical defense. Man, I, I, if they can't stop him, I don't know who can. I mean, Kimberly Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, was on Greeny this morning talking about this and does believe in the Eagles' ability to do that. When you look at Miami's schedule, the one thing you can say is they've put up gaudy numbers against some bad teams. And it's not that I doubt Mike McDaniel or Tua. It is just we have to see it. The playoffs are about bringing the fight to these really good, physical, tough teams. They're going to make it hard for you. And so the Dolphins going in there, that would be a huge statement win. But I think coming off the loss to the Jets, they have to look at it as a get-right game for them. That's why I'm going to say the Eagles, and especially because of their front. Well, it's hard to look at the the Eagles and the uh, it's hard to look at the uh, Dolphins across from you and call it a get right game, but if they physically can dominate Miami uh, on the defensive line up front and really just make it a little bit more difficult, like that's the only chance they have. If they don't, game over. Well, remember, on the road at New England, week two, only 24 points. On the road at Buffalo, week four, only 20 points. Miami, for as great as they've been in some spots, they haven't been as exceptional in other spots. This Mm -hmm. is one of those spots. Let's see how they perform this weekend. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Want you to be a part of the program on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Speaking about the Dolphins, everybody is saying that Tyreek Hill is the best non-quarterback in the NFL right now. He's not, and he may not even be top five. Carlin versus Consensus. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He can get his hands on the ball, man. He can go the distance. Shout out to all my fantasy owners out there. Arguably the most explosive player in the game. Tyreek Hill is the guy that keeps the teams up at night. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Hearing a lot more of this on Tyreek Hill and where his place in the league is right now. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Are you a believer in that right now, that Tyreek Hill is, in fact, the best non-quarterback in the league? Yes, sir. I think there are some great arguments to be made, but I am a believer that Tyreek Hill is the most important, most valuable, whatever you want to say, outside of the quarterback position. Yeah, here's the thing. You're wrong, and so is everybody else. Oh, okay. And here's how we're going to show it to you. These are NFL power rankings like you've never heard before. It's Carlin versus C-O-N-S-E-N-S-U-S. Consensus. I can spell consensus. I have a degree in English. Sure. That's right. Degree in English. Yep. From Hobart College. Number one. (laughs) Sorry. I was going to say, what's getting more usage? Your degree in English or my degree in political science? Yes. Number eight. (laughs) All right, we start at number Number one. one. It's Micah Parsons. Micah Mm. Parsons is a better non-quarterback than Tyreek Hill. Through his time so far in the league, he's got 31 and a half sacks in 39 games. Those are exceptionally impressive numbers. But even look at the clutch moments, too. I'm not saying that Tyreek Hill isn't clutch. I just take you back to Monday night. You have the Chargers with a chance to come back down the field and potentially tie the game with just a field goal. On a second down, you haven't seen Micah Parsons for at least a quarter and a half in that game. He comes inside and buries, buries the quarterback and gives takes away any opportunity for Justin Herbert and the Chargers to come back in that game. Micah Parsons is the best non-quarterback in the game. Followed very closely by... Number two. T.J. Watt. Are we not familiar with his work? Do we all just forget about T.J. Watt because the fact that the Steelers are just not very good this year? I think that's fair. T.J. Watt is the best overall pass rusher in the league. And he's slightly ahead of Parsons in that regard. But Parsons is the better overall player. Watt, for me, is number two because I don't think there's anybody else out there right now that blows up a game like T.J. Watt does. 
and I would just send you back to games like the beginning of the season last year against the Cincinnati Bengals. Remember that game? He ripped it to shreds. The Bengals turned it over. You had four interceptions from Burrow. Watt got hurt in that game, and he still tore that game up from front to back and put the Bengals in a hole early in the season. T.J. Watt is number two. Number three. Justin Jefferson. Everybody who's talking about Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in the game. Just because Justin Jefferson got hurt for the first time, do not disrespect Justin Jefferson like that. Let's just extrapolate it out numerically if we can, all right? First of all, Justin Jefferson's playing with Kirk Cousins. Very good quarterback when it comes to getting him the ball. He is not what Tua is doing so far, and he is certainly not what Patrick Mahomes has done. But if you extrapolate the numbers out, all right, Justin Jefferson has played three and let's call it a third generously seasons. Uh, Tyreek Hill has play, is playing in his eighth season right now. So if you double up Justin Jefferson's numbers, you still actually don't reach the total number of games that Hill has played. But he's got 80 more catches and he's got over a thousand more yards at that point. And it's a very fair thing to do. Justin Jefferson is taller. He's better than Tyreek Hill. And by the way, Hill's numbers last year, go and look. You know who was a little bit better in each one? Justin Jefferson. Had five, six more catches. Had more yards than Tyreek Hill at 1,700 and change last year. Had more touchdowns. He is better than Tyreek Hill right now. Number four. Miles Garrett is better. When you are the best player on one of the best defenses in the league, you are going to be up there. It's not his fault he's stuck in Cleveland, Joe. He does not get the recognition because of the fact that he plays for the Cleveland Browns. But as far as game records go, Miles Garrett is up there with anybody else in this league. He is someone that defensively can take over a game and playing in his seventh season has double-digit sacks in five consecutive years well on his way to his sixth. There is no doubt in my mind that Miles Garrett is absolutely a better game wrecker than Tyreek Hill. Number five. Tyreek Hill. We'll put him in there to put him in the top five. Oh, how noble. Yeah, I thought it was quite generous on my part. But please give me a reason why any of those four guys are not in front of Hill, especially elite-level pass rushers, which I think we can agree. While elite receivers are certainly valued, they're not valued at that level. The NFL record for receiving yards in a season is 1,964, set by Calvin Megatron Johnson. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill currently on pace for 2,171 yards. He'd smash the record. And before you say, well, Fortinball, wait a minute, it's a 17-game season, I gave you the 16-game projection. I know His 17-game projection is 2,300 yards. Mm-hmm. 2,300 yards. So he's on pace to smash that. That's number one. Number two, he is one of the most important cogs in an offense that is scoring 37 points per game. Number one in the NFL by a mile. More importantly, they're averaging eight yards per play. Eight yards per play. That's almost a first down. To put into perspective how extraordinary this is, the Dolphins are averaging eight yards per play. Number two in the NFL is Buffalo at six yards per play. 
So Miami's a full two yards per play higher. Buffalo at number two, all the way down to the Giants at 32, the difference is only 1.9 yards per play. There's a bigger gap from Miami to number two than there is from number two to number 32. That's what they're doing to everybody. To put it in perspective, the University of Washington in college football is averaging 8.4 yards per play. This is college football where defense is optional, where the Huskies are throwing the ball all over the field. Miami is almost averaging the same amount of yards per play in the professional ranks that Washington is in college football. Tyreek Hill is a big part of that. Let me ask you this question. Does Micah Parsons, T.J. Watt, Justin Jefferson, or Miles Garrett, do any of them on their same unit have the same level of player that Tyreek Hill has in Jalen Waddle? The answer is no. The answer is no. And those guys are doubled and tripled consistently, and they still put up their numbers. You know, and that's how you end up getting somebody like an Alex Highsmith having a career year out of nowhere last season. So for me, it's not a complete knock on Hill. What he is doing is historic. Historic. I cannot put him on that same level as those other players when there are other weapons on that offense that have to be respected. All right. Well, a well-made case. I'll leave it at that. A well-made case. I would prefer that there were just five seconds of silence of acceptance. (laughs) And then just an acknowledgement of the fact that you were wrong. I'm giving you your five seconds. I know you are. (laughs) And now? Acceptance. No? You made a great case. Pass rushers are always going to be where you're going to go. Pass rushers are always going to be the guys that you would lean on in terms of value. Outside of the quarterback, I don't like position. this. I don't like this. There is a tinge of way to take the easy way out, Chubby, in your voice. That's not absolutely a tinge. not a tinge. There's a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, from the pro game to the college game. You won't believe one of our experts says is outside the top four rankings of the college football playoff if it started today. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'd love to be desired about how Caleb Williams played against Notre Dame. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Samsung is awesome. Let me tell you why. 
this Saturday. Get game time ready with the Samsung Bespoke 4-Door Flex Refrigerator with Family Hub Plus from the Home Depot. Paul Feinbaum joins us of the Paul Feinbaum Show as he does each and every week here on ESPN Radio. Paul, it's Chris Carlin and Joe Fortenbaugh. Let's start here on the Caleb Williams front and what you made out uh, against Notre Dame. And now the stories that came out a couple of months ago are starting to kind of pop back up on everybody's radar where his representatives apparently told um, prospective agents that he wants an ownership stake in the team that traps him. (laughs) So um, when when you look at everything involved here, Paul, how much concern should NFL teams have about Caleb Williams today? Uh, not at all. By the way, I've been trying to get Jerry Jones out as the Cowboys owner for about 20 years, so this might be the moment that uh, we can do it. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I, I don't want to sound like that guy. Caleb Williams is a great player, but he does not have that much clout. This is not LeBron James, okay? <laughs> um, and uh, he, he's, he's going to be picked probably. By the way, if he keeps playing like he did Saturday night, uh he may have to buy a ticket next year to get into an NFL game. <laughs> that was pretty bad, Paul. And, I mean, he's getting sacked all over the place. He, he really had nothing going on in that game against the first real defense that he's faced this year. Yeah, and I mean, I heard your clip of, of Lincoln Riley. And, yeah, Lincoln Riley's a very good coach. But, you know, what, what, what has he accomplished? Uh, you know, you're judged by championships. And I, I don't see this guy winning a championship any, anytime soon. Uh, he's got a really good program, but if you if you talk about where we are today versus the preseason hype when 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 LA was 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 going gaga over Caleb Williams and national championship conversation was back in the wind, it's gone now. And you know, there's no way they're getting back in it. Uh, their schedule is is way too tough. Uh, and, you know, and you know they they may be the third best team in the Pac-12. So uh, I can't wait till next year. When when SC has to go to uh, you know Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State on a Saturday night in November and see how they play. Fantastic point. I was thinking that same thing watching how bundled up the receivers were in fifty degree temperature in South Bend. You're going to play in the Big Ten. I mean, if I'm Michigan, I'm I'm hiring the best DC lobbyists to get the schedule to put USC on my field when we host in November. That's what you would want. Let's let's go to the SEC. Heather Dinich was making a case on Get Up this morning for her top four teams in the college football playoff. She leaves Georgia off the list. Now, a little bit surprising, obviously, at first, given that they're the number one team in the country, two-time defending champion, undefeated. But if you're just looking at this year's body of work, maybe it's not as impressive as some other teams. What did you think about Georgia being left off that list? Well, you guys do do live radio and television, and I was sitting there uh, on a split screen with her this morning, and, and I I had to bite my my tongue uh, when she said that <laughs> so, because I, you know we're all friends and it's a family show, but that was beyond belief. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I mean, Georgia. If you don't want to put them number one, and you, you want to say Washington's number one or Michigan's, I, I can I can buy that, but Georgia has been the number one team for the last two years, and, and they, they started this season number one. And, yes, they did lose Brock Powers, and he's a, he's a phenomenal player. But, uh, you know, they, they have a bye week. They're playing Florida. Then they have Missouri, and then they're at Tennessee. And so there's a chance Brock Powers gets back in time for the SEC championship game, which means Georgia won't have missed very much. So, so let's not be crazy here. 
and 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 yank them out of the top 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 four like like they're like a, they're a bum on the streets of Chicago. Paul Feinbaum with us at the Paul Feinbaum Show. Let's keep it in the SEC here for a second, Paul. Um, Tennessee, Alabama. Uh, this week down in Tuscaloosa. We know what happened last year in Knoxville, what was a a terrific game and a big win uh, for Tennessee. What do you expect this week when we see them play at Alabama? I expect Alabama to win, and the reason is is really not based on anything other than Tennessee's inability uh, to produce offensively. Uh, This is a team that was possibly the most dynamic offensive team in the country last year with Hendon Hooker. And I don't know if you saw the A&M game, but there was nothing left of that. Uh, I mean, they scored 13 points and then got a punt return uh, to be able to beat Texas A&M, which is a middling team. So I, I, don't, I don't see them going into Alabama. Uh, Alabama has, a, has an elite defense. They have a pedestrian offense. Uh, they can't block and doesn't have a, any running attack, but they've got a quarterback who can make big throws, and that's all you're going to need because you know 20 is probably going to win this game. Paul, as a Penn State graduate, I'm sure you know what I'm thinking leading into this game this weekend. It's been a great season for the Nittany Lions, much like it has been several years previously going into the Ohio State game. And then somehow, some way, a really tight affair goes south with the James Franklin decision late in the fourth quarter. Any reason to believe it's going to be different this time around? Well, first of all, let me get this out of the way. Congratulations, because Penn State, a Penn State degree, a degree will get you a lot of places in this world. It's outstanding. Oh, the question about James Franklin? You can book it. <laughs> Here we go. There, there, there will be a fourth and one call that he will royally screw up. Uh, it's it's a it's a safe a bet as the leaves falling off the tree in mid to late October. And and I think he's really a very good coach. He's got a nice program, but he can't get out of his own way. I love Paul's little pat on the head right there. You got a nice little program there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's what it is every year. they, they, They look fantastic until Ohio State and then until Michigan. It's the same thing every year. Paul, it's a, listen, it's a 9-3, it's 10-2 program. There's nothing wrong with that, but no. uh, is that worth $10 million a year? Probably not. Is the loser of this game done for the playoff, Paul? No. Uh, I think the fact that, uh, let's say Ohio State lost or even Penn State, there's still a chance. You, you, you would still have Michigan left on the schedule, not once, but maybe twice. Uh, well, actually, I correct myself on that. I forget there's still divisions in, in, in the Big Ten. But there, there, I, I think there's, because, of, because Michigan is still left, I think you could get back in it with a Big Ten championship. Paul, great stuff. We appreciate it. Thanks. Enjoy it, guys. Paul Feinbaum. I don't know why I thought he would be the, the calming voice that would be like, no, no, Joe, this is your year. Oh, no. Feinbaum's not the guy for that. No, the second he went into how great your Penn State degree is and all that, you knew it was coming. Yeah. You knew yeah, I, I was getting set up. I knew it. But they, and every Penn State graduate out there listening to this, every Penn State fan out there listening, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it's, this is the same script every year. Every single year. The good news that I at least one thing, the money's been coming in on Penn State. It's been nothing but Penn State money in Vegas.
The uh, good hands moment of the week, that being James Franklin inevitably making a bad Come call, on. is brought to you by Allstate. With insurance from Allstate, you'll be game day ready. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. And how about this? Coming up Friday on the program, fourth-ranked Florida State. They've got Duke this coming weekend, a very big game for Mike Norvell and his Seminoles. And the coach will join us Friday, 1.30 p.m., Eastern time. And of course, it's number four, Florida State against number 16, Duke, this weekend in Tallahassee. Joe, we're two weeks away from the first playoff rankings, and there's still so much up in the air. We'll get into it next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I think this game's 100% on me. Right, I don't think you guys got to look anywhere else besides me. This moment right now is something that's really special for our program. Only two weeks away from the first college football playoff rankings being listed and announced. How about this from Heather Dinich this morning on Get Up? Her top four, Joe, as we were just talking about a little bit with Paul Feinbaum. Washington up top, number one. Florida State, number two. Number three, Oklahoma, number four. Michigan, No Georgia, no Ohio State in her top four. Meanwhile, Feinbaum had Georgia and Ohio State at the very top, followed by Michigan and Washington. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I get where she was coming from. I don't necessarily agree. I'm eager to hear your take on this, though. Well, she's making the case that if we are just evaluating these teams based on what we've seen this season, Georgia might not be a top four team. I see where she's coming from. I see where she's coming from. I've long advocated that this is how we should do things, right? Why should what happened two years ago have any effect on this season? Why should what happened last year or a program sustained success over nine years give them the benefit of the doubt if they've won a bunch of close games and haven't looked all that impressive? The problem here specifically as it relates to Georgia is that if you were to follow this line of thinking and you would end up eventually keeping them out of the final four if they were undefeated, How could you possibly have a two-time defending national champion go undefeated and then not put them in the Final Four to defend their championship? Like, that would just lead to a slew of, hey, it's what Ric Flair said best. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And if Georgia does something to take themselves out of contention this year, so be it. But if they continue to win football games – you got to put them up there because they're the defending champs. Not one year, but two years. So I get Heather's point, but I would say you have to put them in there for the sake of college football. You can't lose your strap on the stool. Yeah, and they haven't uh, – listen, as far as the teams that they haven't played well against, you want to call it disinterested? There have been times where Georgia has looked disinterested. If you're putting Georgia in a big game right now, If you're putting them in what they have in a few coming weeks, if you want to call them big games uh, after this week, I mean, they've got Florida this week. Then you're looking at Missouri, Ole Miss. Florida next week. They're on the bye this week. I'm sorry. You're right. Next week. Next, I should say, on the schedule. Um, You've got the Florida, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Then you've got Georgia. And then uh, then you've got Missouri, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, all three ranked. If that's the case, I... I'm going to learn a little bit more about them 
by virtue of those three games against ranked teams, uh, there's not world beaters on the schedule. But I can't sit here and take Oklahoma and put them there just because they beat Texas. I'm going to look at the rest of what they have, and they have just played absolutely no one and are going to play absolutely no one unless it's Texas again. And I'm sorry, do we have to wonder about how good Texas is a little bit based on the fact that at the time, um, you know, Texas is they beat Alabama. At least they had played a little bit more, but I don't see Oklahoma beating them again, and they were fortunate to get out of that game with a win. That one will sort itself out. This is the beauty of talking about these rankings now versus in a month and a half. That's going to sort itself out. Oklahoma is either going to run the table and beat Texas again and have a real case, or they're going to lose to Texas in the Big 12 championship, assuming they win all the other games, and we're going to forget about them because recency bias would burn them there. People would be more inclined to vote Texas getting revenge and winning last rather than Oklahoma winning that game months ago and then losing to Texas later in the season. Plus, Texas has the win over Alabama, which is going to be more impressive than anything Oklahoma's done outside of the Texas win. I'm not too worried about that. Feinbaum leaving Florida State off his list, I find that to be very interesting. Florida State's had a lot of big tests this season. They had a neutral site game against LSU that they won. I understand LSU's lost a couple games this season, but that's still a big time opponent. They beat Clemson at Clemson. I know Clemson isn't great this year, but again, that's a big time opponent. When you talk about some of these other teams, who has Ohio State played outside of Notre Dame? They've got a marquee win over Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's sitting on two losses and will probably lose another game before the end of the season. The one win over Notre Dame versus Florida State's multiple wins over quality teams, that gets me. But I understand where he's coming from. I, I am not huge on Ohio State in the top four just yet. They beat Penn State this weekend. I won't have anything else to say, but I think Michigan's out there without a shadow of a doubt. I think you got to put Georgia up there. Washington has certainly made its case after what happened this past weekend. And then here we go. Oklahoma, Florida State, it all comes down to one of those guys. I don't think Ohio State's as good as they usually are. No, they are not. I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I think Ohio State, I do think they will beat Penn State this week. I, I don't expect them to lose that game. I think that they will lose against Michigan at the end of the year uh, on Thanksgiving weekend. I, yes. I think Michigan's just a better that team. That game's at the big house. It is at the big house, yeah. I, I don't see Ohio State being in a position to win that game. Now, with Florida State, you know, for me, I, I look at what they've done so far, and I, I can't really get on them about – Anything other than, you know, all right, they played Clemson close, and Clemson's not that good, but uh, uh, there's still Clemson, and it's still in Death Valley. So they didn't play great against Boston College either. If they beat up on Duke, and then they run through the rest of their schedule, and they get a chance at the ACC championship, I don't see why Florida State wouldn't be right there. They've done a lot this season. Hmm? They've done a lot this season. One team to keep an eye on that no one's talking about at all, and I understand it, keep an eye on North Carolina. Currently undefeated. They don't have a whole lot the rest of the way. They will play Duke at home. Duke is ranked. They will have a road game late in the year against Clemson. But if they're undefeated going into the ACC championship game and Florida State's undefeated going into the ACC championship game, and remember, the ACC got rid of their divisions. So it's the top two teams this year. North Carolina winning that game undefeated with the last statement being a win over undefeated Florida State. You got to start thinking about Drake May and the Tar Heels, which, by the way, Drake May, hint, hint, still like 18-1 to to win the Heisman. 
I know a lot of people are focused on Penix in Washington. It is mid-October. Heisman okay. trophies are won in November. November. We are victims of recency bias. Devontae Smith in 2020 was all about how he closed. That's how he won the Heisman Trophy. Everyone's high on Washington right now, but I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pac-12 ate itself alive and no one got in. Washington later in the year is going to have a three-game stretch at USC, hosting Utah at Oregon State. That's in November. That's going to be very tricky. Oregon still has a road game at Utah, but I was really impressed with what I saw from Oregon in Washington last week. If they can make their way back to the conference championship game against Washington, I would bet them to win the rematch. I think USC is going to lose a couple more times, at, at least one more time, so I'm not really looking at them, but there could be a scenario where enough losses happen that the Pac-12 gets shut out completely, despite being so deep this year. Fall into a hiring spree with Indeed. Their end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates, sponsor a job, and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Quickly, Drake May, you mentioned 18 to 1, talking earlier in the show about people like me who don't know what they're talking about when it comes to value. Is that value right now on Drake May? Yeah, because, again, it's going to come down to how these guys close in November. Like, right. like Penix is a huge favorite. I wouldn't play that right now, given the schedule he's got, given the risk of injury he's got. But Drake Mays won, and then I'll throw another one. Jaden Daniels at LSU. He's 14-1. to 1. He's putting up monster numbers. In November, he's going to play Alabama, Florida, and Texas A&M. You put up big numbers the rest of the season and run the table against those three, Jaden Daniels is going to find himself in New York as a finalist. See, this is interesting. Uh, I, you start to look at it now, and maybe you get out in front of some things. This is why I like working with you. Money and the possibility of making it. <laughs> Nothing else. Money. Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.